0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match, limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai.
1: There's joy in every journey.
0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is for us, Diki. I'm here with Joe Volpe. Joe, thanks for joining for part two of the week two matchup preview. Yes, sir. Let's do this. Part two. Uh, you did part one, it was not there, but it's okay, because we have part two. Part one was fire. It was fire. It was fire. Um, <laughs> okay. It was fire. Um, <laughs> so let's get it started, guys. Um, we're gonna there's not like any crazy news or anything like that to, to report. So let's just get right into the games. Uh, we're gonna start with the 49ers at the Eagles. Uh, 50 point total here. Um you know what I realized one thing I realized is that all of like the, the 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 early games like are kind of like the boring games right and like like as you get like towards like the evening games and, you know and the night games like they get a lot more exciting so I, I just so so all the games were like part one yesterday the, the point totals were like 44 45 and then like as you get like later on the point totals increase and once that four o'clock hits it's like 50 55 52 yeah.
1: 54 like the point totals are nuts So <laughs> exactly. DFS those late games are gonna be <laughs>
0: going to be some winners. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So 49ers at Eagles, uh, 50 point total here. Um, the biggest waiver wire pickup of the week, Elijah Mitchell. Um, he becomes an interesting start-sit decision now. If you pick them up because you really needed an RB2, you know, you start them, right? If you have other options and you just pick them up for depth and maybe not just not to miss out on a potential fantasy stud, uh, maybe you wait a week, right? The Eagles gave up uh, almost five yards per carry to the Falcons last week. So imagine what the 49ers can do. Right. Uh, I'm obviously not starting Trey Sermon. I think that's a more obvious decision. He's likely going to be active for this game. Uh, and, we, you know, if I could kind of wait and see how Shanahan handles it just for this entire backfield, that's what I would prefer.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not touching Elijah Mitchell unless I have to. Right. Like unless you just Raheem Mostert was running back too, and now you have to use Elijah Mitchell. Sure. Right. Like, I guess he's better than whoever you have on your bench. But at the same time, like, if I can avoid starting him, I am. I just – I have zero trust in Kyle Shanahan. Um, Yes, I understand the Eagles have a bad run defense from what we saw last week and how efficient Mike Davis and Cordoba Patterson were, especially early on. But this is not the Detroit Lions, right? This is not a team that's going to bend over and take it. So, I I just don't have a ton of confidence in Elijah Mitchell. Um, He didn't really get involved in the passing game at all. He didn't have a single target, so – you're going to have to rely on what he does on the ground. And with Trey Sermon being there, maybe he's the goal line guy. And then Jamichael Hasty, maybe he gets a big run. So I just, if, if you can avoid starting Elijah Mitchell, I would. If not, then okay.
0: Yeah, exactly um Debo Samuel's usage last week was amazing uh 52% target share um you know I mean come on like his ADOT by the way was much higher than most people anticipated at 8.3 uh and he got 60% of air yards (laughs) so that's like wide receiver one type of usage right there now the matchup isn't ideal right like Darius Slay Steven Nelson uh you got to knock Debo down a bit um you know I probably have him ranked as like a high end wide receiver three this week, um, I, I don't think that Trent Sherfield, you know, I don't think that, uh, I'm sorry, Brandon Ayuk is going to have a, another big role where, like, he's going to take a bunch of targets away. Uh, I don't think he's there yet. And I'm definitely not starting Brandon Ayuk. Like, we have to wait until he has a more full-time role this week, uh, you know, after ro- rotating with Trent Sherfield Shur- last week. So, for now, I'm keeping Ayuk on my bench. Even buying low uh, right now, I don't think it's going to take much, to be honest with you. Ayuk is a baller. Right, and if he's not going to do it for the 49ers, he'll do it for another team. Wink, wink,
1: wink, wink. You have uh, some different inside sources
0: there, maybe. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, okay, (laughs) got some ends
1: with some 49ers people. Um, look, I mean, the way Debo was used is very encouraging. I always usually think of him as like this. Uh, I know they have scat backs. I kind of think of him as like this scat wide receiver to where like, they'll use him in jet sweeps. They'll use him uh, in just like short outs. Like they're not going to use him downfield and he was using being used as a true alpha on this offense. So I I think that's a a huge tell going into this game. He had a huge target share, as you mentioned, and this is a game where I think it's gonna be a little closer, right? With the uh, against the Lions, they got up early and they kind of ran it out with Elijah Mitchell And that was a game. So I think this is a game where Devo is going to get involved. He's going to be playable. I'm calling him a mid to high wide receiver two this week. I'm not too scared of the matchups here.
0: Nice. I love it. I love it. Um, Now, obviously, you're starting Kittle. His usage was a bit (laughs) off last week uh, in terms of routes run, but hopefully, it gets corrected this week. Uh, You know, and maybe it was because of the you know the fact that they they started running the ball a lot. A weird game. Um, Yeah, it was a weird game. Um, The Eagles did give up eight catches to the tight end position last week against the falcon so you know not that you need that information to start kittle but yeah you're starting kittle um on, on the eagle side so, so by the way um I, I mentioned this on my instagram stories i officially have a problem because of the and you've probably noticed this joke because me mean you've had I a ton of conversations story. no yep. but you probably noticed this in general right like because me and you have done so many podcasts together and i've made this mistake so many times <laughs> we're like you know because of all the movement between the Colts and the Eagles, I've been getting these two teams confused and talking about players on the Colts, like they're on the Eagles and players who are on the Eagles, that like they're on the Colts, Carson Wentz especially. I talked about Devontae Smith on last night's podcast, by the way, like he was on the Colts <laughs> and, and like he was going up against the Rams. Like, so I, I was like, yo, it's a tough matchup against Jalen oh, Ramsey you know, well, it's not it's not as tough of a matchup against the 49ers, honestly. Like if you took Devontae Smith out of your lineup after listening to yesterday's episode or today's episode, I apologize. So you can put him back in your lineup now. Jason Verrett is out for the year with an ACL tear and yep. their secondary give up the second most point uh, I'm sorry, the twelfth most points to perimeter wide receivers last week. So basically it's a neutral matchup. Uh, it's not a matchup you need to avoid. Uh, especially when the point total is at 50. So, Devontae's usage, by the way, was amazing, as I mentioned yesterday <laughs> when talking about the Colts. So, he will be in my lineup this week as a solid wide receiver three. Yep. Yeah, I, I feel
1: low wide receiver two. I um, mean, he, he's got upside to be a weekly wide receiver two. I mean, if that yeah. usage continues, And I, th- yeah. I think the biggest question mark for people was is Jalen Hurts going to be good enough to make yeah. him and other guys? useful and he was and he looked great it was not even from just a uh like okay he produced sure but maybe he just you know he has some lucky throws whatever like he looked like a great quarterback he was fluid with his motions he was moving the ball down the field like he did everything he needed to do in that game and more so I'm confident in Jalen Hurts I'm fine starting him this week Uh, you mentioned Devontae Smith I think this really helps Devontae Smith going forward I have gotten some questions about Jalen Rieger Right, because last week, Jalen Rieger had some involvement. He caught a touchdown. Um, my, my thought on that is like, look, he can be productive, and I, I think Hertz can support Rieger and him uh, down the line, but I still want to err on the side of caution. So if I can avoid starting Rieger, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep him on my bench. But if, if he's available, pick him up, keep him on your bench, see
0: what he does. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'm not studying Wager. He had a 1.2-yard average depth of target, (laughs) which means that, like, he's basically being used, like, right around the line. Like, kind of like how we thought Debo was going to be used, right? Um, Sure. But it was the opposite. So, you know, despite his target share being okay, like, the the depth of target, like, kind of scares me away. Like, I guess, like, he's a PPR flex option at best um and i just want to mention quez Watkins, by the way uh he's the guy in the slot like unfortunately for him though the eagles are running two tight ends that's a ton um so he's not going to get on the field a ton so dallas goddard Zach Ertz, each ran more routes than he did um and in terms of like these tight ends like you know goddard you know can be like a low-end tight end one um but like Zach Ertz, i'm not i'm not touching right now um let's move also on to miles injury who is who is dealing with injury or he uh, oh, got he? injured during last week's game, and I think he's been practicing uh, limited during this week. So, okay, okay, great, great, great to know. Um, so by the way, I, I kind of feel like I got to talk about the Colts wide receivers since I failed to do so yesterday, and I just yeah. talked about him. Um, basically, it's a tough matchup for the Colts wide receivers against the Rams, so no yeah. one stands out to me there for me to start them. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Miles Sanders, not even worth it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Miles Sanders' usage was just fine. Um, and he got targets too. 15 carries five targets last week. That's, that's pretty awesome. Right. 66% of snaps. So keep starting him. I'd say he's a solid RB two right now, Uh, closer to the high end, like of that range for now. Um, The 49ers gave up 16 receptions to running backs last week uh, was in the middle of the pack. Obviously that was with the Deandre Swift and Jabal Williams, obviously, but um, you know, they were in the middle of the pack in terms of rushing yards given up too. So Uh, And that was with the 49ers, by the way, you know, with that solid lead. So I'm fine starting Sanders this week, especially since, you know, he has that big playability and can break one off at any point, you know, even though the matchup on paper might not seem as great. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Let's move on to the Raiders and Steelers, 47 and a half point total. Um, Dude, since when did Josh Jacobs have a toe injury? Like was that, that was new news. Did you see the injury report yesterday? And, and today, too, like he, he has a, way, a, a ankle report, and. and injury report said, Josh yeah. Jacobs,
1: parentheses, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. He said, Josh Jacobs, parentheses, everything. I mean, if you so, watch that Monday night game, he came out like three or four times, like yeah. holding different body parts. Like this dude got beat up. So I, I
0: if they give him a week off, I wouldn't be surprised. And apparently he had a turf toe injury coming into the game. Yeah, like we had no idea. Um, and this was something like they just casually mentioned it on the broadcast on Monday night. Like everyone knew what was up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, so he's playing through pain right now. Um, I'm holding on to Kenyon Drake super tight. If I have him in any league, um, if Jacobs were to miss time, I feel like Drake would go bonkers. Honestly, um, yeah. Drake, Drake had five catches on five targets for 59 yards. If you can, at some point, add 10 to 15 carries to that per week. If Jacobs were to miss time, that'd be huge value. But anyway, uh, Jacobs is playing this week. I think like he didn't practice today on Thursday. Um, this podcast is gonna come out on Friday. So, you know, kind of just monitor that. This was this is a short week for them, so it is possible that they're just resting him because the game was just three days ago. Yeah. Um, you know, he did finish last week's game. Uh, and he did outsnap Drake, even though he kept on coming off the field. He did outsnap Drake 45 to 41. Uh, Drake did add a bunch of those snaps, like on two-minute drill snaps and stuff like that. So if the Raiders are leading in games, I'd expect the snap share to heavily favor Jacobs. Um But this week against the Steelers, you know, tough matchup. But it's a similar thing, right? No matter what, like Jacobs is simply like a touchdown dependent RB2, right? He got you your touchdowns last week um, and it could change any week. So he has a very low floor. Um, I don't know if the the volume is even going to be there a a lot of the weeks. So it's a a little bit tough to say. Like, you know, if you have Jacobs, you're probably playing him unless you have like a, a really good RB2 as your second option.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of how I feel. The trend last year with Jacobs was either the Raiders won and he did good, or it was just an easy matchup. Like if it was against like the Lions or the Texans or something like that, those yeah. are the games he would do good. If it wasn't one of those games, he gets under 10 points, and that's just kind of how it is. And going into last week, I mean, you're thinking like, okay, the Raiders, Ravens, they're probably not going to win that matchup. So I don't want to start Jacobs. They come up on top. They end up winning. Jacobs has this game. This is a week I really don't think the Raiders are going to win. But who knows? They could surprise. um Yeah, I, I, would, I would lean away from Jacobs if possible.
0: Drake has the higher floor, I think, in PPR leagues. Um, but he just doesn't have the touchdown upside. Right. Exactly. Um, at, at this point. So, you know, uh, Darren Waller. <laughs> is obviously in lineups regardless of matchup. He's their entire. Laugh <laughs> he's their. He's their entire offense, Dude, Derek Carr doesn't care. Like he he will continue to shell out inaccurate targets to Darren Waller all game long. Uh, <laughs> I had to I had to throw my little Derek Carr thing in there. He even um, missed
1: Darren Waller on a wide open pass. I don't know if you remember seeing that from the Monday oh, Night yeah. game. Darren oh, Waller yeah. was wide open and he could have had another touchdown. And yeah. the one play he didn't
0: go to him is when he should have. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, I don't know why he missed him there. He was wide open. That, that would have been another touchdown. It would have been like a 50-yard touchdown. To yeah. anyway Anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So moving on to the other side of the ball, Najee Harris didn't perform last week, but he was on the field for 100% of snaps. That's some Christian McCaffrey shit right there. So he's in your lineup as an RB1. I get it. Like, offensive line didn't look good at all. But listen, week one, he was in for every snap. Put him in your lineup, period. Like, he'll start to get a bunch of dump-offs as well. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have an arm. It's going to happen. So just start not um, Deontay Johnson is in Uh yo, why does every Deontay Johnson injury look like the end of the world? Like, I don't know if you saw him like while he was down, he was like no. wincing in pain, you know? And then like, yeah, you didn't see him get hurt. Like he was hurt. Like no. he, it was like in the first quarter. So like he gets hurt, he's in pain. It looks like his season's over and then he comes back right? Obviously, <laughs> like after like, the, I think it was in the second half or maybe even middle of the second quarter or something like that. Um, <laughs> but you know, he's a high and wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside because of his ridiculous usage. He still had a 32% target share while missing some of this game, right? Um, and then he he was he led the team in being targeted. Like He had almost the same rate on a per route basis, which is nuts. So like, it, I, I don't get it. Like he led the team in air yards as well. So like, he's the guy. Okay. Um Juju had a 23% target share with a higher average depth of target than Deontay. Uh eight targets is a good number, right? So like I would probably rank him as like a PPR wide receiver three this week. Um as far as Claypool, you know, he's running a full complement of routes, but he needs more targets. 16% target share isn't going to cut it. Um obviously his average depth of target is going to be higher than both of these guys and it and it was on, on Monday on Sunday. Uh, I would call him like an upside flex option until he gets starts getting some more targets. Um, I'm not streaming either of these quarterbacks, uh, but their weapons, you know, are, are, are good. So like, what do you think about the Steelers uh, wide receivers? Is that a, a, about right? Are, are you, are you starting Deontay over Juju? Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, sorry, not Deontay. Deontay, I'm sorry. I meant Claypool. I'm sorry. Are you starting Claypool over, over Juju?
1: Um, look, I mean, I, I had mentioned before the year started that I felt Juju was kind of going to be the odd man out here. This is, he got like nine touchdowns last year. I just don't, don't see that happening again this year. Claypool's role is going to increase as the year goes on. Um, Look, it, it's like Deontay's the clear one. And then this is a more balanced offense. You have Claypool and you have Juju kind of fighting for that number two spot. And you know, every single pass going to Claypool is going to be more valuable than every single pass going to Juju. Cause as you mentioned, the average depth of target and whatever. So, I mean, in that situation, I'm going to start Claypool over Juju just about every single week. It's just going to boil down to, okay, are, are they both flex-worthy, or is this a week where I don't trust either of them? So this is a week where I can see them both being flex-worthy, but if I have the two of them, I'm leaving Claypool.
0: Okay. All right, moving on to Vikings and Cardinals. Uh, this is a game I'm looking forward to. Um, I, I have a feeling I'm going to be looking forward to every Arizona game, honestly, uh, (laughs) Vikings Vikings too, honestly. Um, so Dalvin Cook, obviously in your lineup, this is a 51 point total, by the way. Um, Justin Jefferson in your lineup, Adam Thielen in your lineup as a wide receiver too. Um, the Vikings went 11 personnel to start the year, uh, probably. And by the way, that's a three wide receiver set. And that's not something they were doing the last two years. Um, probably because their lack of tight ends, right. Irv Smith out for the season, uh, so the KJ Osborne, you might have never heard of this guy, but he was able to benefit with them down last week. He's their slot wide receiver. So this might not happen every week, but he's someone that you should consider if you're in like a 14 team or deeper league, he ran almost the same number of routes as Jefferson and Thielen had a similar target share, even uh, not sustainable. Like I said, on an every week basis, you know, between Jefferson Thielen cook, already getting their, their, their target share. Uh, but, you know, just someone to keep an eye on. Um, Kirk Cousins, definitely a streamer this week, right? Especially if the Vikings uh, defense played like it did last week. They didn't look great, dude. Right? No. Like, like the Bengals went Joe up on the Joe Mixon made him look bad. Yeah. <laughs> I sent you up for that one. Here you go. Lay up. Um, now, on the Cardinals side of the ball, Chase Edmonds led this backfield with 58% of snaps, uh, ran around on almost 80% of Calabari's dropbacks, which is legit. He had 12 carries on top of that, so averaged more than yard- five yards per carry on those carries, caught all four of his targets. So I think like, like we were saying before the season, I think solid PPR RB two, right. And these numbers support that Um, he has upside as well. Right. Um, Connor did get more rushing attempts, but didn't get that many routes. So he didn't get targeted either. So uh, he did get the short yardage stuff. Like, so I would say, I would think that we didn't see any goal line attempts for either guy in this game, but I assume that work will go to Connor as long as he's healthy.
1: Um, And that's kind of, you know, what we expect from this backfield, like Edmund is going to be consistent part of that passing game. Um, it's going to be a lot of wide receivers. Connor will get some of the early down stuff, but it's not going to be enough for him to be valuable on a week-to-week basis. So, that's Yeah, and Connor that's isn't
0: sitting. Yeah, Connor isn't someone <laughs> I want to play. Uh but if you're like desperate in a deeper league, you know, he's flex worthy cuz it's a good offense. He could see a goal line carrier too. Um Now, as far as the matchup, the Vikings gave up the most rushing yards last week overall. Um but that's also because the Bengals went up and ran the shit out of the ball against the matchup. Is, Hell and, you know, yeah. like the the matchup is fine. And by the way, um who who ran the ball? You know, against uh, the Vikings. Who was it? Do you, you remember?
1: I can't remember his name. Me either. Uh, he he currently leads the league in rushing yards and he's second the RB2 right now. I don't know. It'll it'll come to me. It'll to
0: me. <laughs> all right. Well, you're you're obviously starting DeAndre Hopkins, even though he'll see a lot of Patrick Peterson on that left side. You're obviously starting Colin. That that is, yeah. Um you're obviously starting Colin Murray. Um Dude, he looked so good last week. Like, he—he, he, it was, like, easy for him running the ball. It looked like he did before being the injured last year. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, now, listen, Christian Kirk, a lot more appealing to me. And we talked about this multiple times this offseason. Who's going to be their primary slot receiver, right? And it turns out it's going to be Christian Kirk. He thrived in that role. 95% of routes from the slot on Sunday. Uh, He moved from the outside last year to inside this year. That's his natural position. That's what he played in college. That's where all his production was. And now he's on a high-powered offense, potentially as the number two target for Kyler Murray at the end of the day. Um, Kirk could have been even more... He could have even had more production last week if the Cardinals didn't completely shut their offense down in the second half last week, right? So after they decided the game was over, they went to 12 personnel, which means two tight ends, two wide receivers, right? So like Kirk plays a slot, so he's not going to be on the field as much. So. Cardinals even have two tight ends? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, exactly. Right. But that's what they did because they just said like, okay, we're going to run the ball. Like, you know, we're not going to, we're going to, we're going to, why if we're going to be up, why show our offense? Right. Like that's basically what they did. Um, So, you know in more competitive games, like in the, in the first half, by the way, they ran like almost exclusively three wide receiver and four wide receiver. So 11 personnel and 10 personnel, second half, when they were up, they, they shut that, they just scratched that. So in more competitive games, like this one, potentially against the Vikings, yeah. I expect Kirk to be the guy behind Hopkins and he could have seen even more. And he had two touchdowns last week, right? Five of five targets. Um Now, so I'm ranking Kirk as a wide receiver three with upside This week, and I can see that growing a little bit if this kind of usage continues. So uh, the matchup isn't necessarily ideal for Kirk this week, though, like mostly because Mm -hmm. the Vikings dating back to last year with Mackenzie Alexander in the nickel, not the best matchup for slot corners. Might be one of the worst, actually. But in this offense, I'm okay taking the shot Um, now, especially because the Cardinals like to go 10 personnel for wide receivers a lot. So Alexander kind of has to pick his poison between Kirk and Rondell Moore. So th- there's my there's my Christian Kirk rant, um, and if he's available in leagues, he is available in like 50, forty to fifty percent of leagues. So I, I understand that you know he might seem inconsistency, but like this is a different role for him. Just checked
1: ESPN, he's currently available in seventy eight percent of leagues. He's available
0: in seventy eight. Mm-hmm. He's got a how 22% does that how, do, how does that happen, dude? Like he's literally he scored two touchdowns last week. Just that alone. You know, do people just remember the inconsistencies it's, from last year? Cuz he's not he's not a running back. He's not Elijah Mitchell. That's why. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. I mean, listen, he got to get picked up, man. So like like Rondo Moore comes in here and there and last week he got targeted at a very high rate per route. So he's actually a decent upside flex option if you're looking for upside. Just don't mm-hmm. expect consistency. Um but if you're going to start him, this is the type of match that you want to start him in, honestly. Um AJ Green ran a ton of routes as the other outside wide receiver opposite Hopkins, but he's just not producing. Like, it looks super familiar to last season, right? I'm not starting him, especially since he'll see a lot of Bashad Breland on the right side. Terrible matchup. He's playing the AJ Green rule. <laughs> exactly, dude. AJ Green. I love it. It's, it's just bad. But this, 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 um, the game, though, like, honestly has a lot of firepower to it, yeah. you know? Um, okay, let's move on to the Falcons and Buccaneers. Buccaneers are favored by 13 points in this game, um, 52 uh, point total. Uh, this is just an overall tough matchup for the Falcons in general. Um, so, you know, I expect a lot of volume from Matt Ryan. Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts should get a bunch of targets in this one. Um, Kyle Pitts, by the way, like he didn't have the production last week, but he ran a route on 80% of Matt Ryan's dropbacks, and that's high end usage. Um, So if you drafted Pitts, like this is exactly what you were hoping for. He has top five potential with this type of usage, Uh, 22% target share as well. So just keep starting him. I know it wasn't a great week, week one, but just keep starting him. Absolutely. Um, I'm not worried about really keep starting him. Obviously, you know, his usage is awesome. 25% target share, more than half the team's air yards. His big games are coming. I'm not worried about him either. Um, Mike Davis, uh, 75% snap share last week. The usage is pretty good. Um, He's also running a ton of routes. He had a 19% target share for a running back. That's like super legit. Uh, he's also getting like two minute snaps. He's the main short yardage back too. So he's basically doing everything for this not only offense. That, but he
1: looked good too, and I think that was the biggest concern. Is like he's overblown as a back. He just kind of got volume, but he looked great, especially early in that game. He was making big runs. He was breaking tackles. So Mike Davis is legit. Um, it, it's not a great matchup, as you mentioned. I mean, we saw what they did to Zeke last week. But I, I don't know. I, I think. If I need to, I'll start him as like a low end running back too.
0: That's exactly where I have him, low end RB two. Um, and you know, if he even if he doesn't do much this week in terms of production, like he has a productive season ahead. You know, if his usage if his usage stays the same, it might be a good week to buy low uh, if he shits the bed this week.
1: After this week, yep.
0: After this week, yep. Um, on the Bucks side, Brady's a start. Uh, basically, every wide receiver is a start. Um, you know, another great matchup for the Bucks wide receivers. I, I can see Mike Evans bouncing back in this one, um, in a, in a big way. I, I Brady knows, like, he does. He didn't have a great stat sheet. Like, Brady's the type of guy, you know, like, who gives his guys what they want, right? And and and, and Moreau gave up almost, like, a full fantasy point per route run against him last week. <laughs> and, and that's where Evan, Evans lines up. Uh, so I would call him, like, a solid wide receiver, too, with, with a lot of upside this week. Um, Godwin, also a solid wide receiver, too. AB, borderline wide receiver, too. Like, all these guys are just wide receivers. I'm probably going to... Have all these guys ranked between 13, I would say between like 16 and 24. Now, I'm going to have three bucks wide receivers there.
1: This is the situation I'm in, and I've gotten a couple questions about
0: it. If you sure. have Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, who are you starting? Um, Like, okay, so in a large sample size, I want to start Antonio Brown. Yeah. Right? This week, I might start Mike Evans just for that ceiling uh, because yeah. of his matchup. Uh, but AB like I think he's more dependable I would say he's I think he has the uh, he's more of a lock to be consistent this year I would say does that make sense yeah Uh, but I do think that uh, this week Evans has the um, the upside in terms of like because of his matchup on that left side and that's where Moreau lines up that's where Evans lines up most of the time that's where he runs most of his routes from I I, I, that's part of the reason why I'm going in that direction Um, but like if I just, if I'm looking at it from a start set perspective overall, who would I rather start It's to AB, which is crazy, right? Like nice. it, it's unbelievable. Uh, AB like literally vaulted himself to, to, to all, like nearly where he was back in the day. Um, now um, I'm avoiding the Bucks backfield. <laughs> the chances like of a score close to zero, whether it's Rojo or Fournette is too high, right? Like the chances of that is too high. I know Fournette was the guy last week, but we've seen multiple times where Rojo comes back into the lineup. Like, yep. or even starts the game after he was in the doghouse. Like he fumbled last week and that was it for him, but he can He's easily come back this week and be it. the guy. Yeah. He's right? being yeah, exactly. He's going to be the starter this week. So if one of these guys have a big game, I'm okay missing out because I'm probably going to make the wrong decision. Yep. Um, okay. Rob Gronkowski, man. Like he actually has some really nice usage. Like he caught the two touchdowns. Sure. But this is actually not a committee anymore. Um, at least it wasn't in week one. Like, the dude ran a route on more than 70% of Brady's routes. Uh, Cameron Bray was next up at like 30%. OG Howard hardly played. So he is a tight end one right now. And obviously, you know, he has the upside of scoring any given week as one of Brady's favorite end zone targets. So it's Brady crazy. And Gronk. Brady and Gronk, man, it's back.
1: And, and last year was the year where, you know, Gronk had his first year back. He wasn't 100% back into football shape. He's got another offseason. He's got all the pliability he needs. I mean, he's going to come in and. Be at least a low-end tight end one for the whole year damn man he's on that tb12
0: you know a tb12 Uh, diet (laughs) avocado ice cream (laughs) avocado ice cream baby um titans at seahawks uh disgusting what titans at seahawks or avocado ice cream a little bit of both but Um, mostly the avocado Dude, like Titans and Seahawks, I- I'm really hoping that the Titans can get their shit together this week Me too. on offense. As someone
1: who has Ryan Tannehill in a two QB league. Yeah, I'm hoping they get their shit together too. And a- and I have Antonio Brown, not Antonio Brown, A.J. Brown. But last week was embarrassing. He got sacked five times. Taylor Lewan made a statement. He's like, dude, I I fucking sucked last game. Like, yeah, he just let up a ton of uh, so they're going to have to do some reworking on that offensive line and get these guys into the shape. And, that, and that's going to play a big part. As far as I know, Carlos Dunlap is going to miss some time and he's one of their best pass rusher pass rushers. They don't have KJ Wright anymore. It's really just Bobby Wagner and uh, whoever else they have on that defensive line. Who I don't even know. So I, I think this is going to be a better game for Ryan Tannehill.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think that was part of the reason why their play action rate was so low. Uh, and on top of that, they they, were, they went down by a ton as well. So th- their play action rate, you know, that was one of the reasons why they were so efficient last year and, and wh- why they had so much success in the passing game. Uh, is because of that play action. They were like at th- the top of the league. And like in this game, they were like near the bottom uh, in terms of play action. So, um, you know, Tannehill, you know, I am starting him this week, 54-point total, he's in there, right? I'm starting A.J. Brown as a wide receiver one. I'm starting Julio as a wide receiver two. Um, you know, good matchup against the Seahawks. Eric Henry, four targets, by the way. Yeah, that was interesting. Encouraging. Um, it is encouraging, you know, like he is a little game script dependent, right? Like he was, he didn't play all the snaps, but you know, it just so happened the Titans didn't have to worry about that last year, <laughs> right? But uh, I think in week one, he had to worry about it, and you know, their defense does suck, so like it, you know, it might, he might have more games like this. To be honest with you, he's not gonna get the 378 carries that he had last year. That's for sure. Yeah. I just hate how much they use Jeremy McNichols. I mean Yeah, I know. I mean that and that's the the thing. Like he's game shift dependent. So, you know, it's one of those things where like, yeah, he had four targets and he got three, he had three catches on top of his 17 carries, but how often is that gonna happen? Um no. the hope is that with the OC change, you know, listen, if Derek Henry can get four targets a game, that's a lot. That's a lot. And that would actually, that would increase his floor by a ton. Yeah. That basically means that he's going to have a ton of targets per game. And the floor in this game was 10 points. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? Um, So yeah. So, so Derek Henry, you're starting him, right? Like it's, it's yeah. You're starting him. Russell Wilson uh, looked amazing last week. This offense is rolling. Um, Tyler Lockett looked amazing. DK Metcalf was fine. And in this matchup, you know, is a tremendous start. Like you're starting these guys as wide res- as wide receivers one, wide receiver ones. Like tell Lockett, I'm probably ranking him as a wide receiver one this week. Like I think yeah. he'll be in my top twelve. And um, remember, like okay, so the, the the hope is that the Seahawks like pick up the pace a little bit. Like I just noticed that their pace of play was like kind of slow. It's possible that it was because they were up, like pretty much the entire game. Uh, but I'm hoping that that comes up a little bit because if it doesn't, that just me- that's going to mean that they are. um we're going to have to depend on efficiency a little bit. That's like not what we want uh, again with this offense. Yeah. Um, Gerald Everett, Will Disley sharing that tight end one role. So if one of these guys goes away, the other will have tight end one value. But for now, neither of them do. So this is a DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson offense. Um, Yeah,
1: and I think Everett does have some upside as, like, the best red zone target, and we saw that last week as he caught a touchdown there. So, um, if you have an offense where Russell Wilson is throwing three or four touchdowns a game, he always has a chance to catch one of them. So, I think Gerald Everett is still on a week-to-week basis, has that tight end one upside, but the floor is almost non-existent.
0: Yeah. Carson, by the way, like, he was on the field for 78% of snaps. Um, He's a low-end RB1 with that snap count on this offense. So, 19 total... Surprise. pennies now exactly uh it's a big surprise there 19 total touches last week uh 16 pretty efficient carries well over five yards per carry three catches so you know solid uses. pretty much what we're used to from chris carson moving mm-hmm. on to the cowboys and chargers 55 points total start, um, them. start everybody you're starting everyone you possibly can <laughs> <laughs> especially on the cowboys offense even on the chargers offense honestly like that mm-hmm. D- Dak, high-end quarterback one um, Justin Herbert locks and locks uh, like a lineup lock right this week um, against that like, Cowboys defense. Um, now, this isn't necessarily like a cakewalk matchup for like the Cowboys wide receivers. Sure. Um, K- Chris Harris, Durbin James, they're both getting their shot at nickel corner. So they're going to see a lot of CeeDee Lamb. But outside of that, like going up against Michael Davis on one side on, on the perimeter, r- rookie JC Horn on the other side. Like these J.C. guys are. JC plays
1: for the Panthers.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, who, who's the, who's the other rookie cornerback um Oof. on the Chargers? <laughs> well, sure. I'm gonna. Well, guess what? I'm guess gonna what? pull it up right now. Pulling it up. Pulling it up, guys. <laughs> I'm pulling it up. It's a good thing I'm
1: here. I could I could have stopped that. Uh, uh, Asante,
0: Asante, Asante Simu Junior. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. My bad. Uh, I this, could have uh, stopped this Colts Eagles nonsense. You could have stopped <laughs> it dead in his tracks, bro. That's, 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 what, that's what happens when you're not here. That's why I need you, man. I need you. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So 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 Gallup is out, right? So he, as long as he's yep. out, like uh, C.D. Lamb is like going to have like wide receiver one usage, right? He's going to be on the Wilson. field for 100% of snaps. So, so, so talking about Cedric Wilson, like, you know, he's a long shot if you want to play him in the place of Michael Gallup, but like this is an offense that's going to pass the ball a ton. I'm pretty sure this
1: game has like a 55 point total. Um, yeah. This is a game where if Michael Gallup was healthy, we'd be like, okay, guys, Michael Gallup, great flex play this week. Yes. He's been playing mostly in the perimeter. Like this is a good shot to start him. That's kind of how I feel about Cedric Wilson. Like he's not the same talent level, but at the same time, like the opportunity is going to be there. Dak's going to throw like close to 60 times this game. And if he can get six or seven of those targets, maybe, I mean, he's going to see optimal coverage. I, it, it's, it's a desperate play, right? I'm going to have to check his price on DFS and stuff like that and see if he's even worth it. But if you're in a really tight spot, Cedric Wilson, you know, 14 plus team
0: leagues might be worth a look. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. So Zeke, he's going to be back in this game. Okay. Yeah. Chargers, charges allowed more than four and a half yards per carry to Washington running backs last week. You are starting him. Uh, don't get too, too, too crazy about his game last week. He was playing a very particular role. And he did it very well. He picked up those blocks like a motherfucker. So there we go. Now the content is ex- expli- uh, officially in the explicit column. I have okay. cursed a couple times already. but yeah. You did? Oh, yeah. And you, you also talked about somebody bending over as well. So, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you're starting either of the Cowboys tight ends, Dalton Schultz would be my option. Uh, but I, I don't yep. really want to have to pick one. <laughs> the usage was pretty similar last week. But either of these guys could potentially like do their thing, honestly. Yep. Um, Keenan Allen lock in your lineup, Michael Williams. Uh, he gets an upgrade in this matchup along with the fact that he saw 10 plus targets in week one. Um, he's also not just running deep like he was last season. So intermediate routes as well. So I think the higher usage, like is not just a one week thing. Like it could continue. That's the hope Austin Eckler, like maybe some of these targets came from him because he didn't receive one target last week. Uh, that has to change given his skill set, given his coach, like his coach knows how to target running backs. Um, Herbert said that his offensive line was doing a good job giving him time last week. So I, I don't Rash-
1: know Rashawn Slater had some highlight reels. I mean, last game, <laughs> never yeah. see offensive linemen highlight reels, but he had some highlights.
0: He had, he had some, yeah. And by the way, Eckler looked great on the ground. Like, you, you know, last week against a tough Washington front, he was 16 yards after contact per attempt, you know, among running backs with at least 15 carries. He also got 100% of the rushing attempts inside the five yard line. So if, he, if he's getting goal line work now, And if those targets come back, we're looking at some insane fantasy value as long as he can stay healthy. Um, But, yeah, he's in my lineup this week as an RB1, hoping that all of it can come together for Austin Eckler. Jared Cook, streaming option at tight end. He was the clear tight end one between him and Donald Parham. He saw an 18% target share as well, so healthy usage there. This could be a shootout, so solid streamer this week, as much as it pains me to say.
1: He kind of gets the uh, Cedric Wilson. It's a big game, so why not treat him?
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, moving on to the Chiefs at Ravens, forty-eight and a half point total. Sunday night. Sunday night football. You're starting Patrick Mahomes. Uh, oh, Ravens with the Ravens with the second straight primetime game. Yeah, look at that. Um, it just you know it just sucks that they had to lose their running backs, right? It, it could have been a lot more exciting, honestly. Um, but you know you're starting Patrick Mahomes. You're starting Lamar Jackson. Uh, Clyde edwards hilarious. He saw seventy-two percent of snaps last week, so that's good. Um, but he isn't the, the only guy playing the passing down role. Unfortunately, Darrell Williams still involved, still coming in at times in those situations, uh, and is actually playing more of those situations than Ceh. Um, he's getting pretty much all the rushing work though, which is great. He's like an RB; he's a solid RB 2 right? Not the best matchup, but he's still in most lineups this week. Pretty good the Raiders, the, the Ra- <laughs> yeah, I think so. The Raiders couldn't get much going in this run game um, against these guys, uh, but the Chiefs obviously have a much better offense that can put him in good situations. Right. Um Tyreek Tari- Hill is in. Travis Kelsey's in. McCole Harmon's time on the field and route participation have gone up a ton, but he just wasn't targeted. And he wasn't targeted downfield at all in week one for some reason. He was hardly targeted. He's a bench stash. Uh, but you know, he needs to get targeted more. Like if he doesn't start getting targeted in the next couple of weeks, I'm dropping him. That's because uh, Tyreek Hill had a over forty percent target share, so you know that'll
1: <laughs> that that'll do it. <laughs>
0: that'll do it. <laughs> um, now these running backs on the Ravens side of the ball, like we really don't know what the workload is going to be stay in week away. two. Yeah, I think t- stay away is the good advice. Like Tyson Williams, you know, was the main back, but then Latavius Murray came in and got some run in the second half. Second half, and, he owned it. Yeah, and they just activated Devontae Freeman to the active roster. So, you know, we'll see how these three backs are used. Harbaugh talked about using them all, right? Just yesterday or today. So, you know, I'd stay away if I can. If you're going to start anyone, I think I'm going to start Tyson first. Like then Latavius, I guess. (laughs) And not start Freeman. I wouldn't even have Freeman rostered. Um, Who would you start? Like if you had to choose one guy, like like who would it be, Latavius or Tyson? I guess
1: Tyson just because he has the most upside, right? I mean, we know Latavius Murray, he's not going to at this point in his age and where he's at in his career, he's not gonna break out and run for 40 yards and get away from everybody. If anybody can do that, it's Tyson Williams. Um as we and, saw,
0: as we saw last week, right? He got that yeah, big
1: one. Exactly. But you know, the, the whole thing too is that like, look, this is not a situation I want to buy into at all because I you're gonna depend on Tyson Williams making that play every single week, and then Latavius Murray gonna depend on him getting volume, which he's not gonna get, and then Devontae Freeman's gonna come in. And I would bet he would come in for that passing down work, which is going to take away from Tyson Williams at all. So if I have to start someone, it's going to be Tyson. But at the same time, I I really don't want to start any of these guys.
0: Yeah. Mark Andrews usage is better than it's ever been, by the way. Um, Despite the quiet week one, he ran a route on 95 percent of Lamar Jackson's dropbacks. And that never happens like this. He's never done that before anywhere josh
1: oliver had a red zone target
0: and he did <laughs> random dude random so um i, I random. i'd buy low by the way on mark Andrews, if i can before this week because he's obviously in your lineup if you have him but like if you need a tight end like he's one guy that i would be trying to buy low heavy yep. um okay let's move on to the monday night game with the Lions. Dude, are and the Packers. you like you like marquise brown and sammy Watkins after their uses last week um yeah, I, I like Marquise. Um, I'm fine with playing Marquise this week as like a, I would call him a wide receiver three. I'll probably have him ranked in my top 36 wide receivers. Sammy Watkins will be like a flex option, but listen, Sammy Watkins shows up in week one every every year, and then he doesn't show up after that.
1: Um, you know, I, I, I saw I saw a tweet about that. In the last two years, he's had decent games, but in every other year in his entire career, he has not. So it's it's a short. It's it's a short. Uh, what I call sample it size? tradition I guess sample yeah. size I guess short yeah. tradition he's in a position where I think he led this team in targets last week um he's going against a familiar foe I, I'm, I'm okay with Watkins as a flex player I, I'm I'm confident okay. enough in him as a flex player
0: nice okay um so okay so Monday night Lions at Packers Aaron <laughs> Rodgers probably looked like the worst quarterback last week like yeah. like did, was anybody anybody <laughs> play worse than Aaron Rodgers? Uh, and I'm not even exaggerating. Like I know he's not the worst quarterback, but he played like the worst. God, Saints I was defense scored by Marcus Mariota. <laughs> that's crazy, dude. And and Marcus Mariota like got hurt like on the first, on the his one, one play, touch. Yep. <laughs> Saints defense is good, but that's not why the Packers played like shit. So with that being said, I will start Aaron Rodgers this week. The well, Lions do suck. I'm, I'm gonna be back in though. <laughs> um, yeah. Devonta Adams, he's back in. Aaron Jones, he's back in despite a bad week one. By the way, Aaron Jones, uh, before they kind of like decided that they, they lost, he played on 75% of snaps before the Packers gave up in the fourth quarter. Um, his role seems to have grown after the, the departure of Jamal Williams, and this matchup is amazing, so put it back in your lineups. Yep. Um, Marcus Valdez-Scanling, somebody I wanted to point out, he had a 90, 19% target share. Um, he was targeted at a relatively higher rate of routes run and it looks like his routes weren't just deep either kind of like the Mike Williams thing so he's someone who can pop off once this team figures itself out so it could be as soon as this week, um, if he's still available like Sunday night, or during Sunday, or like the middle of the day Sunday and like you're a bit, like the bottom of your bench like you realize they're, they're terrible, after two terrible weeks, you might want to drop them and then pick up MVS like on platforms like Yahoo. If there, if he's available, just to kind of like have him in case he does pop off Monday night, uh with in case like his usage is better and then he pops off with that usage, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not playing him, but like you know, listen, if you need an upside flex play, like you know, if you're down on Monday night, right? Like you're going in some Monday night, you're down and he's available, you want to throw him in your flex because you need some upside. Sure, I can, I can understand that. Um. Tanyan's usage in week one, like it wasn't amazing. You, you kind of need to see more than you saw in week one, you know, for me to trust him. But if you drafted him as your tight end one, I get it. It's fine leaving him in your lineup this week. Hope that he turns the ship around and, you know, they are playing against the Lions, so he can turn the ship around in week two. Yep. Um, now on the Lions side of the ball, DeAndre Swift is in RB1 right now. Um, He can be a top five running back this year if he if the usage stays the same and it does not matter that he's on a bad team like the bad team thing might even be helping him honestly like (laughs) 68% of snaps was on a route on 65% of dropbacks which is nuts for a running back Um, that's on like Alvin Kamara Austin Eckler type of level Um, and then on top of that he's getting 20% of targets (laughs) getting all the passing down work as well.
1: Yeah, there's so, no wide receiver worth even mentioning on
0: this team, which yeah, is the point. It's of him, TJ Hawkinson. And yeah. It's him, Hawkinson, and then Jamal Williams to round it up. Yep. Right? Like you're studying Hawkinson, like benefiting in a big way, 20% target share. Ran around on more dropbacks than any other receiver on the Lions. <laughs> so that tells you what you need to know right there. Um Jamal Williams ended up getting goal line work in this one. Um that can change easily. Uh is but he still flex-worthy? Jamal. Yes, he is a, he is flex worthy. Going against his former team, revenge game. Now I I, I saw something that did he practice today? He might have mispracticed today. I could be wrong about that, but just just check on that. Um, yeah, got it. I'll look, yeah, one of those things. So you know, it, it's it, you know, it's a situation where like you're starting Hawkinson no matter what you're starting you're starting. Listen, DeAndre Swift is in must flex, must start territory at this point. He is a clear RB one with that usage. He was limited today for due to a chest injury. Limited. Okay, good. So he wasn't – He it was not a DNP.
1: DeAndre Swift also limited with his groin injury.
0: Okay, good. That's good. Uh, they're resting him. He'll put, they'll probably get full practices. Uh, well, actually, no. So today – they're playing on Monday night. So Thursdays are just like Wednesdays. So it, the fact that they got a limited on Wednesday, that's a good thing. So, if they weren't playing today
1: – they weren't practicing today, tomorrow would still be a good indicator.
0: It'll be fine because um, Saturday – like if you're playing on a Monday night game, Saturday they actually practice. So Saturday is kind of like that fr- that last practice of the week. Usually if you're playing on Sunday, the last practice of the week is Friday. And if you don't practice on Friday, you usually don't play. If you don't practice on Saturday for a Monday night game, you usually don't play. That's kind of how it works. So just keep that in mind. If no one practices on a Wednesday, if someone doesn't practice on Wednesday, it's not a big deal. As long as you practice on Thursday and Friday, you're good. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Um, did I miss anything there? I think think that that kind of wraps it up. Yeah, no, a lot of streamers
1: worth mentioning. Jared Goff, if, no. if you need a desperate, desperate streamer, garbage time, um, he can make it work. So, there you
0: okay. go. There you go. Okay, good guys. Um, thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. This is part two of the matchup podcast. We'll be back early next week for waivers. Enjoy this weekend of, of football. so, it feels so good saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I'm. I'm upperhand fantasy on Instagram. Joe is fantasy.football.analyst on Instagram. Uh, go check us out there. If you don't follow us already, if you can rate and review the podcast, that would help us out tremendously. We're just trying to like, listen, or like if you can text the podcast to your friend or, or WhatsApp it, you know, put it in a group group chat uh, of people who love football. Um, we would, you know, we would just really, really appreciate the support. If you could share it to, to whoever you can, you know, whether it's on social or whether it's just one-to-one, um we would that you really appreciate it. So thank you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. See ya. See you.